welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. As always, ladies, this podcast and the information being provided to you is for educational and informational purposes only, and it should not be taken as medical advice. It is not intended to treat or cure any specific illness, and it is not to replace the guidance provided by your own medical practitioner. This information is to be used at your own risk based on your own judgment. And if you suspect you have a medical problem, we urge you to take appropriate action by seeking medical attention. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back, everybody. Sophie Shepard here from She Talks Health, here with a super hot topic and a solo episode for women with too much testosterone. These women might also relate to the diagnosis or the label of polycystic ovary syndrome. You know me, I'm not a huge fan of labels because I feel like they put us in boxes, but it might be helpful to kind of identify that way and then be able to see some specific steps you can take to support some of the symptoms that come along with this grouping of uh, hormonal imbalance. I think this is probably tied in terms of what I see with hormonal imbalances inside the She Talks Health uh, business. You know, we work with upwards of 10 women every month, new women, and we see excess estrogen, which we have a lot of episodes on and a lot of content on the Instagram on. And then we also see a lot of people with PCOS or excess testosterone coming in to to work with us. And for good reason, because the symptoms associated with excess testosterone are not fun for any woman. We're talking about acne, especially on the jawline, so that really hormonal jawline acne. We're talking about mood. So a lot of people dealing with PCOS and excess testosterone are dealing with uh, irritability or aggression. A lot of lack of impulse control. Infertility is very, very common because of what happens with the uh, ovaries and the ovulation cycle. We see a lot of hair loss on our head and thinning of the hair and the scalp with this community, and then hair growth in places that would normally be associated with men. So on our face, our chins, our chest, our nipples, which is you know not fun for most women to experience. Other symptoms associated with this imbalance are the deepening of, of, of the voice, weight gain, which we're going to talk a lot about that related to insulin resistance, insomnia, 
and high blood pressure and ovarian cysts. So really just a package deal of not awesome for this imbalance. And at the same time, the whole reason we have this podcast, the whole reason we have my business is to educate and empower as many women as possible about what's going on with their bodies and help them to take action. So we're going to go through some of the reasons for this imbalance. If you're identifying with this group of symptoms, or you know, for example, that you have PCOS or high uh, androgens, which is testosterone and other um, male sex hormones. And then we're going to talk about a few steps we can take to help ourselves feel better. And that is what it's all about, empowered women. All right. So some reasons why you might be experiencing this hormonal imbalance. This is going to sound silly, but it's worth mentioning is if you're supplementing with testosterone or DHEA, which is another male sex hormone, you know, even if you are maybe living with someone who's supplementing with this and they're putting it on their skin like a cream and the cream is somehow rubbing off on you, uh, that could be a way that you're getting exposed. Probably pretty rare, but definitely something to just think about. The other one, and this one's kind of interesting because you could get this run for yourself through your doctor, is sex hormone binding globulin. So lower levels of sex hormone binding globulin are going to be associated with higher levels of unbound, available, or free testosterone. And it's going to bind to the receptor sites and affect our tissues. So it's common to see low sex hormone binding globulin with hypothyroidism, with insulin resistance, with polycystic ovary syndrome, and with obesity. Um, And so it's something to think about is, do I have this and running the lab with your physician to see if you have the low uh, sex hormone binding globulin? And if you do, then we, we, we can talk about a couple things that you can do to support that. All right. So that is the the second thing to look at. The third one to look at would be in the category of stress. I know it's like, oh, I never want to talk about stress. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. But physical, emotional, chemical, dietary stress, all of those things are going to elevate ACTH, which is going to stimulate androgen secretion. What does that mean? It's going to uh, tick off a process in the brain which is going to tell the male sex hormones like testosterone to be released, all right? So high stress and high androgens or high male sex hormones are linked, all right? So when we have adrenal systems that are on overdrive and we're constantly in this fight or flight system, it's going to churn out high, high amounts of hormones in response to that stress like testosterone, so let's, it's worth it just to go through a few things I see all the time, right, that women are dealing with when it comes to stress. The first one is over-exercising. I see this one all the time. Women who are going to the gym multiple times per day, maybe they're working out for a really excessively long time, like over an hour, or they're going even, depends on, you know, the stress bucket You know, if say you are eating a food every single day that you're sensitive to, you're working out six days a week for an hour and you have a boss that's terrible and you have a parasite. Right. So it's like you if you just lowered some of those things in your stress bucket, your cortisol would stop flaring so high and then that would stop stimulating the the male sex hormones to flare. So looking more holistically at what is stressing our body out can be extremely helpful 
when we think about chronic stress. It's not just the psychological stress. It is that's a big one. And we we always want to work with people on that. But it could be internal stressors. This is why we run the GI maps and see, do you have a parasite? This is why when a client asks for it, we'll run a intense food sensitivity test. You know, I just had a client who we found out she had a parasite. She had a H. pylori infection. She had dysbiosis, so an overgrowth of bacteria in her gut. She was extremely sensitive to eggs and cow dairy, which she was eating every single day. And on top of that, she was exercising like crazy. And then she was wondering why her cycle was really messed up and she had all these symptoms and she was bloated and exhausted. And it's because her stress bucket was so full. And so that's where we want to look at that holistically and say, how can I adjust this, right? So for her in this example, we have her going off of the eggs and the dairy because we know that that's causing her inflammation and stress. We have her reducing, not quitting exercise, because exercise, of course, is wonderful for us, but she was hitting it so hard. And the reason she was going after that intense exercise was because of some stories she had made around uh, shame and guilt and about working out. And so that wasn't a healthy choice. So now it's more about choosing movement that's more nourishing for her body specifically. And then it's about all those things together and then getting rid of the parasite, getting rid of the H. pylori, getting rid of the bacteria so that her stress stops and then her hormones can react better. Okay. So looking at, am I eating foods that are inflammatory to me? Like, am I eating a ton of gluten and dairy and refined sugar and alcohol and seed oils? And is that triggering for me? You know, and doing that experiment or working with someone like myself to find out if those foods are sensitive and inflammatory for you. You know, do I chronic, chronically have issues in my gut? Maybe there's something there. Am I working out too much? Am I, you know, telling myself really negative things and thought patterns, right? And am I really telling myself like I'm the worst every single day? That's going to create a lot of stress, Okay. So assessing stress is important when it comes to excess testosterone and male sex hormones. Okay, then right underneath that is inflammation or parallel to it, I would say, is inflammation because inflammation will directly increase testosterone production. Um, and so there are three main sources or buckets for inflammation that I think about. One is the food, the second is a pathogen, and the third is a toxin. So similar to this client I was describing, she had food allergens that were causing her massive inflammation, right? And we know that there's, you know, the top eight or whatever, there's, you know, the dairy, the gluten, the egg. Those are really, really common. Corn, soy, those are really, really the ones we see over and over again. And then there's pathogens, parasites, bacteria, and then there's toxins like heavy metals and molds. And this is what we do, obviously, at in my practice is we screen for those toxins and pathogens and help people eat nourishing foods so that they're not having widespread inflammation in their entire body. So if your hormones are elevated, even excess estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, like if they're all jacked up, then that could suggest that there's widespread inflammation as well inside of the body. And then a poor diet. And I would put that under the category of things that are in the refined sugar, refined carbs, I'm not saying you can never have those things, right? Like I eat some sugar here and there, but when we're our higher diet or the majority of our diet is made up of refined sugars and refined carbs and high fructose corn syrups and things like that, that can drive high testosterone. And then that can promote insulin resistance and a lot of those other symptoms like the acne and the weight gain and the hair loss, right? And then there are specific nutrient deficiencies that can result in people who have high testosterone. 
This is probably something that people who are listening with PCOS may have heard before, but it's really worth going through again. So the D-chiro-inositol, DCI, is an inositol uh, metabolite um, inside of the B vitamin family, and that is been shown to actually help with insulin signaling. Um, and so it tells the body, hey, this is what you're supposed to do to dispose of the sugar. So when we have these low DCI levels, it is very difficult for the body to correctly metabolize sugar. And then, of course, when we can't metabolize sugar, we end up with insulin resistance. And then again, we're looking at problems with sleep and weight and high blood pressure and all these different things that are cofactors in insulin resistance. So the interesting thing is the research shows there's evidence that women with PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, which most of those women are dealing with excess testosterone, also seem to have some sort of thing going on that makes it challenging for them to metabolize this inositol, this B vitamin, and therefore it can lead to low uh, inositol and elevated insulin. And when that happens, we can have uh, the ovaries making too much testosterone. So the good part about that (laughs) is there are supplements that usually women with PCOS do very well on with inositol right? So Ovocetol is the one that is the most kind of shown to help. That's actually the brand is Ovocetol. And even supplementing with just that and helping that to metabolize sugar can really help. Because the thing that a lot of people, this is one thing, this is like a bone I have to pick with a lot of physicians is, you know, someone will come in with high testosterone or even the label of polycystic ovary syndrome. And then the doctor will say, well, you're overweight, just lose weight. And here this woman is trying to work out. She's trying to eat clean and healthy and she's still overweight. She's still dealing with these issues because in her body, it's very hard for her to metabolize sugar. So this is one way that we could support that metabolism of sugar, right? Um, To help that population specifically because, you know, it's nothing, there's nothing worse than doing all the right things and not seeing the results. So that's something that I hope um, you guys can go and check out. All right. Another big one is sluggish liver clearance. So our liver is going to help us to clear our hormones. Uh, I know we've talked about this a lot on the podcast in reference to estrogen. And so if our, our liver is kind of clogged and sluggish, then our hormones are not going to be able to get eliminated through the body. And then we're going to have this backup of testosterone. All right. So that's one thing to look at. We can talk about a couple of things to do to support the liver. And then renal issues. So a lot of testosterone is processed by the kidneys and excreted through the urine. So if we're not hydrated, if we're having issues with our kidneys for some reason, this could lead to this backup. You can check markers like BUN, BUN, like BUN, and creatinine on a comprehensive metabolic profile, a CMP, which is a standard blood chemistry test that your doctor can run. And that can give you insight into your kidney function. Insulin resistance. Okay, so we've talked about this a lot. So insulin resistance can directly cause excess testosterone and then all those symptoms we talked about. So it's, let's talk about this more specifically. So when cells become resistant to insulin, glucose is not able to get into the cells where it's needed, which then causes blood glucose levels to stay very high. And so then sensing that the blood sugar levels are still high, the pancreas is going to secrete the hormone insulin. And then we have higher and higher and higher levels of insulin 
that are needed to drive that glucose back into the cell so we can use it as fuel. But eventually, both the insulin and the blood sugar levels end up being elevated with nowhere to go. And that insulin resistance can also lower sex hormone binding globulin. And we talked about how if that is low, then the free testosterone goes up because there's nothing to bind it. All right. So in women, high insulin levels stimulate the ovaries to produce more testosterone. This is where we see issues with uh, ovulation becoming messed up. So short or long cycles. Um, And then insulin resistance itself can cause inflammation, weight gain, and it can even lead to estrogen dominance. So getting this handled, this insulin handled is really, really important. Some kind of basic things goes back to the diet. So refined carbs, white flours, sugars, and unhealthy fats. So processed omega-6 fatty acids, seed oils, you know, like canola oil, those can promote problems there and high fructose corn syrup. Other things are that high stress level, low vitamin D. Um, You could have uh, high uric acid levels, and that's usually due to uh, alcohol, caffeine, fructose, and mold mycotoxins. Thyroid dysfunction is related to this. So both hyper and hypothyroid function. So getting a full thyroid panel and seeing what's going on there and working with someone to help you with that. And then a very long-term, very low-carb diet, like 10% less of your calories is coming from carbs, can actually create insulin resistance, all right? So that's really important. Um, so, so there's a lot in our control. We can do the, we can do the support through the DCI, the, the um, abositol, you know, inositol stuff. We can change our diet so we're not having as much refined sugar and refined carbs, and we can get rid of the unhealthy fats, right? We can lower our stress. We can clear mold. We can support vitamin D. We can eat enough carbs and enough healthy carbohydrates, and we can support our thyroid. And these are all ways that we can support insulin. Um, Also, sleep. Getting enough sleep is huge, hugely, hugely, hugely important, okay? So... If you're curious about the insulin thing and you're like, well, how do I know if I have insulin issues? You can work with my team or you can work with your doctor or whomever you, you know, is your trusted advisor and get your functional blood work tested. So signs of insulin resistance on the blood work that we might see is elevated glucose, insulin, triglycerides, HSCRP, which is an inflammatory marker, and uh, hemoglobin A1C, which is the marker that doctors look at when they're looking at diabetes. Okay, so it's like a three-month marker of uh, what's going on with our sugar. And then you might also see low HDL cholesterol. So that pattern could indicate to, to you that there's something to work on when it comes to insulin. All right, we talked about kind of the things to remove when it comes to the diet, but there's also things we can add in. So are you eating plenty of fiber, right? Fiber can support our testosterone process, all of our hormones really, (laughs) and our detoxification. So going back to the liver, soluble fiber and fiber helps with detoxification, which is going to take the load off of the liver, right? And then, you know, thinking, are there any other, we talked about like soy, canola, wheat, cow dairy, corn, Have I ever looked into this? Am I, you know, reacting to these foods? Do I want to just try taking them out for a little bit and see what happens? Am I drinking a ton of alcohol? Am I, you know, doing these things that can really cause inflammation and insulin resistance in the body? Am I sleeping, right? Check in with yourself. Am I getting enough rest? Am I getting six to eight hours? And for women, by the way, 
There was a new study that came out that showed that women need more, more like eight and a half hours. They need more sleep than men. So are you getting that? If not, what can be changed so that you can get the sleep that you need? And then a couple of other like more specific things too that could be helpful is looking at apple cider vinegar. So apple cider vinegar has been shown to support insulin sensitivity. So we want to be more sensitive and less resistant. Um, so you could do like one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar into one cup of water and drink it before meals. Bonus uh, is that it helps digest your food. So you're helping your digestion and you might be helping your blood sugar. There are supplements that you can do some research into. So things like berberine and chromium, lipo, uh, lipoic acid, and magnesium are all shown to support blood sugar insulin levels. So that's something you can look into and talk to your doctor about whether or not supplements are part of the picture for you. Um, Flax seeds can bind up excess testosterone. So that's something that you can definitely try. And then if you're coming back to the liver issue and you're feeling like maybe my my liver is stagnant, which by the way, signs of that would be waking up between 1 and 3 a.m., having a lot of anger, unresolved anger, having issues with acne, things like that, you know, where your body's kind of reacting and it's showing up on your face, often related to the liver. So things we can support the liver with are castor oil packs. I will definitely link my uh, favorite brand in the show notes below. Oh my gosh, I love, I just quick side note, it's from Queen of Thrones. I love her castor oil packs because I can wear them during the day or I can wear them at night. I can put them right over my liver and they help to detox the liver. Or you can put them on the gut. They support the gut, but I just love them so much. I've been using them for years and it's like one of the first things I'll have most of my clients do and it really supports their bodies. And actually, I think Dr. Marisol just confirmed today that she's going to come on the podcast. So I can't wait to interview her and help you guys learn a little bit more about castor oil packs. But this is something simple that you can do every single day and it's pretty great. The other thing you can do if you're so brave is coffee enemas. This is something that I describe in an in-depth video in the detox module of my She Thrives program, which is my main program that our clients walk get walked through. And it is amazing to see how quickly coffee enemas can support the liver and then support our hormones. I had a client who had horrible cycles and she started doing the coffee enema and she had this pain over her liver. And when she started doing the coffee enema, the pain went away, her cycles got better, her liver enzymes dropped, like crazy, amazing results. And then there's foods that help the liver. So cruciferous vegetables, things like broccoli, right? Raw carrots help with liver detoxification, specifically estrogen detoxification. Beets, garlic, lemons, apples, avocados, asparagus, so many yummy, 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 yummy nutrients. And then even Sometimes people supplement, right? So I have my clients usually do something like liver nutrients from Seeking Health through my um, supplement store, and that one really supports people as well. And then the last kind of step that I would say to take a look at, you know, you've you've looked at your sleep, you looked at your stress, you've looked at um, maybe adding some apple cider vinegar or some flax seeds or like lowering caffeine and alcohol, right? You've done all these things, and if if stuff is still not moving for you. Get in touch with me and, you know, let's get a GI map going. So a GI map is something that we offer inside of She Thrives, and it is a stool test and it will tell us what is going on with your gut microbiome. Your gut microbiome is, it's so fascinating. They've done so much research in the last 10 years. And one of the most fascinating studies that was to come out was talking about how the gut microbiome can influence 
inflammation and therefore insulin resistance. And that in the case of women with PCOS and elevated testosterone, this is a key, key, key missing step for most of them. In that, they're finding elevated gut dysbiosis, so elevated bacteria that cause issues and inflammation in women with PCOS, okay? And so when I look at this in a GI map on, you know, the women that I work with, I'm finding this to be true. Most of the women that I, no, not even most, all of the women who have been diagnosed with PCOS and have elevated testosterone, when we run their GI map, their gut dysbiosis is way worse than any other woman that I've looked at. And when we supported their gut and we cleared out the infections and we um, supported the good bacteria to flourish and kind of got rid of the bad bacteria with things like probiotics and prebiotics and antimicrobials, we saw a huge shift in their inflammation, in their sleep, in their insulin resistance, all the things associated with insulin, or sorry, with high testosterone and PCOS started to shift for them. A huge part of this was what was going on in their gut. So, you know, you can certainly try probiotics and prebiotics on your own. There's certainly foods that have probiotics and prebiotics in them as well. I'll go through those in a second, but sometimes, you know, sometimes people find that it's not enough just to do the foods and they need to do a bit more um, and that's where the GI map can come in handy and really getting into the into the weeds and into the detail of what your gut microbiome looks like. But before we end, let me go through those foods with you. So if you're trying to work on your gut in a way to support uh, insulin resistance, inflammation, and high testosterone, you can look at things like apples, asparagus, avocados, bananas, chicory root, chives, dandelion greens, uh, himica leeks and onions, peas, potato skins, um, whole grains and garlic, and then kimchi, sauerkraut, kefir, things like that for the probiotics. So those are the pro and prebiotic foods that you can buy at your local grocery store that should support the gut microbiome and really help with this. Um, if this is your root cause, help you with this excess testosterone. So I really hope that you know this has been <laughs> extremely helpful so far. There is so much we can do on our own through diet and lifestyle changes. And sometimes we need the help of an expert. I mean, sometimes it's just that we need the little tweaks and we need to get into knowing if we're sensitive to a food or if we have an overgrowth of, you know, a parasite or something, which I see all the time on the GI map, or like there's just specific things that I need as an individual. So Look at those lifestyle things. Make yourself a checklist. Like listen to this podcast again, looking at the foods you're eating, looking at your sleep, looking at your exercise techniques, making sure you're eating enough healthy fats, enough healthy, healthy uh, carbohydrates, you know, that kind of stuff. And seeing if you need to get to the next level, trying the apple cider vinegar maybe, or the flax seeds, or talking to someone around the supplements, the berberine, the chromium, the lipoic acid, and the magnesium, one of those may be supportive. Um, looking into my liver, you know, maybe you want to try the castor oil pack that we'll link below. And if all else fails, you guys know where to find me um, over at shetalkshealth.com. You guys can apply to be inside She Thrives where we work with women on their period health, their thyroid health, and their digestive health so that they can thrive again. That's why it's called She Thrives. And if not, you can also just message me on Instagram. Be like, Sophie, I am stuck. What 
I tried this and that. What do I do next? I'm always here for you guys. Uh, You know, I created this company to help women like myself. I had no guidance, no voice. I'm trying to be the voice for you all. So that means that my Instagram DMs are open for you. And I hope that this has been just like extremely educational. I know it's a lot of information too. So feel free to save it and listen again. Go through your checklist and see how your body starts to change. You are in charge. You're in the position of power here and don't let anyone take that away from you. All right, ladies, lots of love. See you in a couple of weeks on the next She Talks Health podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for sharing. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.